0: Welcome to the Minister's Friend podcast with pastor and author, Dr. John Kimball. The Minister's Friend is a podcast helping pastors and other church workers navigate the challenges of leading the flock. John has been a church planter, a local church pastor, a seminary professor, and a denominational leader. He coaches and mentors pastors and missionaries around the world. Drawing on over 30 years of experience in local, regional, and national ministry, John and some of his colleagues provide practical guidance on the topics you request. We are so glad you've joined us. And now, here's our host, Pastor John.
1: Thank you, Anna. Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Minister's Friend Podcast. Some of the greatest unsung heroes in our military are our chaplains. I have the privilege of knowing many, both that are credentialed through my denomination and those with other associations. Chaplains are a unique breed. They answer to their commanding officer rather than a board of elders. They abide by constraints no local pastor would choose to endure. And they often minister under extreme circumstances that place them side by side with their constituents in harm's way. As we finish up my conversation with David Campbell, he tells about seeing God work mightily under such circumstances. Dr. David Campbell is the senior pastor of the 1100-member Due West United Methodist Church in western Cobb County, Georgia. David is also part of our family. Over the last few weeks, he's been telling us about some of his experiences as a reservist army chaplain in Baghdad during the Second Gulf War. What began as a simple breakfast conversation has actually turned into one of my personal favorite interviews on the Minister's Friend podcast. I'll have some closing thoughts, but for now, let's get back to the Campbell kitchen and my conversation with David. Were there other favorite experiences that you had while you were there? Uh, We got to
2: see God at work in so many ways. again there were three swimming pools on post Mm -hmm. and so we baptized people in Saddam hussein swimming pools wow so that was cool uh we like i said we just saw god do all these things i had a church member at the time but remember i was a reservist so i had a local church and he found a deal on arabic new testaments Mm -hmm. and so he wrote me a letter and said if i sent you a case could you use them well we're not supposed to Proselytize indigenous mm-hmm. people right, so I could right. not go out and pass out New Testaments, but I told him to send them, and I had de- relationships with people outside the walls mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with Christians. That was something else that we got to see. Uh, I talked to Christians who had been exiled for decades. Oh, I talked wow. to Christians who had been worshipping underground mm-hmm. for decades because it was illegal yeah. uh, to be a Christian. And people who knew each other but didn't know they were Christians. Really? Until after we came and liberated the country. Talked to people who saw their family executed because of their faith. So, anyway, we had those kinds of relationships. And I just kind of let folks know I have some Arabic New Testaments, but I can't pass them out. And they're like, well, and then people would say, well, I wish I could get hold of some of them. I could use them. And I'd say, well, since I can't use them, I'm just going to set them here and walk away from them because I'm not allowed to distribute them. And so conveniently, then they would disappear. Uh-huh. And and that word got out. Uh, and so people would start to call and say, I work with at an orphanage. I work with a school. Wow. I'm at a hospital. I would love to have Bibles to pass out. And so the church started raising money and buying more and more cases of Bibles and sending them And every time I thought, okay, this has been great, but it's run its course, Mm. God would open another door Mm. and someone would get word to me to say, if you can get more. And so we did that for the better part of the year. Wow. It was powerful. But my most memorable moment, I believe, we uh, there were ultimately on my post, you had not only my group, we were the home of the Iraq survey group, which was a Central Intelligence Agency operation. Mm -hmm. So our boss was the deputy director of the CIA. And one of, we had first of the 1st Cavalry, which was they provided a lot of security. Their chaplain, who was a good friend, was on leave at one point. And I had a chaplain assistant come and pull me out of a staff meeting and say, it's 1-1 CAV, you're covering, they need you. Mm -hmm. So I stopped what I was doing and I hopped in the vehicle and I said, okay, Carlos, what's going on? And they said, one of the 1-1 calf soldiers, sir, has a locked and loaded M-16 under his chin. So they have called for you. And wow. So I immediately started praying for this young soldier, and I didn't know what was going on. But I just prayed that God would be at work before I got there and certainly when I got there. And then I, the obvious question finally came to me. And I said, Carlos, who's taking the weapon away from the kid? And he said, which I will never forget, they're hoping you'll do that, sir. Wow, so I got there, and he was screaming and crying and threatening to blow his head off and as he i start as i he calmed down enough to share his story, he was a newlywed uh freshly with one one calf, so he married a girl in the states, wound up moving <clears throat> her to Germany, then wound up being sent to wow. Baghdad, so she is a very young newlywed army wife who knows no one in Germany and is overwhelmed and writes him and says, I can't do this. I want a divorce. I'm going home. Oh, my. And he said, I I can't get to her. I can't get out of here to get to her. Uh, He said, I just can't deal with it. And so we had a long talk, and he finally surrendered his weapon, and we prayed. And we were able to get him emergency leave to go home uh, and got them hooked up with a chaplain in Germany while he was home, they both gave their lives to Jesus. Uh, she committed wow. to stay with the, with the marriage. He came back and finished out his tour. Wow. And was a model soldier. Uh, and I was—I don't remember what I was doing one day, but I heard my name, and I turned around, and it was this kid months later getting ready to ship out. Wow. Uh, and he said, sir, I just wanted to come back one more time before I left uh, and say thank you. And, and I told him, as you would have, uh, I'm not the one you think. Uh, yeah. I just had yeah. the privilege of watching God at work. Wow! Uh, But just in that moment of his lowest point, as we've seen God do over and over and over again, God moved in his life and he and his wife both became believers uh, and their marriage was safe because of what God is so gracious. That's just one of those things you never forget.
1: Awesome story. Awesome story. You know, I have the privilege of, of knowing a lot of military chaplains, Mm -hmm. a lot of police chaplains, uh, Mm -hmm. institutional chaplains as well. But, you know, David, the, the, um, The prevailing view is that the the military today is not Mm chaplain-friendly, you know, that they put so many constraints on the chaplain. And yet the stories I hear, God is still profoundly at work through chaplain's ministry.
2: Uh, Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And I hear those stories, too. Those were not my experience. Yeah. Uh, On occasion, I would have, I had an uh, executive officer in a reserve unit one time uh, (coughs) that He drew lines a little tighter than most, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, I, I am who I am, and people. I I was respectful of army doctrine, of course, sure, sure, of course. But, uh, but still, I, I I never felt those constraints, or I won't say never. I rarely felt those constraints Mm -hmm. in my experience in the Mm -hmm. military. Part it back to why I wanted to join in the first place. I wanted to serve my country. I, I thought it might be an opportunity for ministry that I would not experience. In a local church, although I yeah. love the local church, my heart is in the local church, I thought there are probably experiences I might have in the military that I would never have in the local church. boy, was I right i 'm not yeah. right about a lot of things. <laughs> I was right about that yeah. uh, and so you know God just opened doors and like I said, we just got to see God do amazing things on a regular basis it yeah,
1: was, it was great yeah. Um, yeah, just the thought of of um, how critical, especially in Time of battle, mm-hmm. but how critical that ministry of presence is. Yes. You know, that, that you really are, um, as all Christians should be, yes. the embodiment of our Savior in those moments. You know, you're, you're Him with flesh on where people can, can tangibly meet.
2: Well, the local church pastor in me influenced the kind of army chaplain I was, and you and I have had yeah. these conversations. Mm-hmm. When we live in a community, as local church pastors, we know not everybody is going to come to our church, Right. but we want to be out and around, and right. we want to know our community. We want them to know who we are, whether they're ever going to come to our church or not. As I would spend time on post, not everybody was going to come to my chapel mm-hmm. service, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that they knew who I was yeah. and that I had relationships with them uh, because you never know. Right. You never know when God is going to open a door.
1: Amen. 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 David Campbell, thank you so much. This has been a rich uh, impromptu time. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we, you know, just kind of had this harebrained idea to <laughs> to open the microphone up while we're on vacation here and, yeah. and talk. Appreciate you being on the Minister's Friend. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. The stories David has been conveying over the last few weeks are incredible. Seeing essential geography that helps form the foundations of the Old Testament storyline. Lessons about fighting a common enemy. Preaching the gospel in an Iraqi presidential palace and using its three swimming pools to baptize our troops as they come to Christ on the battlefield. Being used of God as a conduit to help Iraqi Christians get Bibles to distribute and so much more. But keep in mind that all of these stories also happened during wartime. The danger was real and it was constant. The main reason David was in Iraq was to provide Jesus' ministry of presence to the troops, when arguably they needed it most. Have you been praying for our chaplains these past several weeks? All Christian ministers need prayer cover, but those who serve as military, police, fire, and institutional chaplains need our intercession most of all. They literally are ministering on the front lines every single day. They are there when fear is at its highest. They are the face of Jesus when tragedy has just struck. They give comfort and wise counsel under the most difficult of circumstances. And they often have to minister the grace of Jesus to people who are completely jaded by their own life's experience, having seen unspeakable things. They need our daily intercession. And for those who would like to gain some key biblical insights into what makes chaplains ministry different than the typical local church pastorate, I'm including information on a great book in today's show notes by Whit Woodard called Ministry of Presence, Biblical Insight on Christian Chaplaincy. It's a really helpful book, especially if you're considering any kind of chaplaincy. I'm thankful for David's ministry. And I'm particularly thankful for the year that he sacrificed away from his family and his church to bring Jesus to our men and women in and around Baghdad. God bless him. Next week, we get back on schedule and tackle an important subject. One of the biggest concerns expressed to me by pastors is the diminishing number of men they see engaging in the life, ministry, and mission of their local congregations. It's true. The number of men truly involved in church has been decreasing for some time. Why is it happening? And more importantly, what do we do about it? I recently sat down in a local sandwich shop with my friend Dr. Pete Alwinson, the founder and primary teacher of FORGE, a fast-growing men's ministry here in Greater Orlando. Pete and I talk about the greatest needs of men today and how the church can reorganize to meet those needs and re-engage men for Jesus' mission. It's going to be a powerful series. Hey, would you do me a favor? If you find the Minister's Friend podcast to be a blessing, would you please take some time right now and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen? Subscribing actually helps us a lot. And if you're so inclined, please also consider leaving us a review. Finally, would you please tell your friends, your pastor, and other leaders at your church about the Minister's Friend podcast? We don't have an advertising budget, so your word-of-mouth recommendation on our behalf, both in conversation and on social media, is really a blessing. It's truly the only way that we can grow our audience. I'm so glad you were with us for today's episode. I hope you found it insightful. Thank you for joining us here on the Minister's Friend Podcast. Let's do this again real soon.
0: You've been listening to the Minister's Friend Podcast with pastor and author John Kimball. Be sure to check out today's show notes for additional tools, resources, and information. If today's episode has been helpful to you, let us know. You can shoot us an email at podcast at johnrkimball.com. That's podcast at johnrkimball.com. You can also leave a note on our Facebook page. These are also the best ways to suggest topics for future shows. We want to hear from you. And please tell your friends about us. Until next time, may God bless you and your ministry with great fruit for His kingdom. Bye!